take out your Bibles. We are on week number two, where we began a study last week on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And maybe you say, I don't know very much about the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure. Well, last week we answered the question, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And we learned that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is what happens to you at the moment of salvation when the Holy Spirit, uh, spiritually speaking, places you into the family of God. You are part of God's family. You're sealed forever in that family. And uh, that's what the Holy Spirit does. And that happens for every Christian, that, that placing into, that baptizing, that immersing into the family. You are part of the family of God. And we should be we should think about that and be thankful of that, uh, be part of God's family. Tonight, we are going to talk all about spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. We're going to answer the question, what is mine? What is it for? Next week, we're going to cover the topic, what is walking in the Spirit? Uh, sometimes that's a confusing one, right? What is walking in the Spirit? I read it. You know, if I do it, I'm not going to fulfill the lust of my flesh. I'm not going to fulfill the evil desires I have. Well, how do I do it? What does that mean to walk in the Spirit? And then uh, the following week after that, we're going to talk through what is the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, that's something that we're all supposed to have, right? We're all supposed to show up somehow in our life. What is it? What does it look like? How do we live out the fruit of the Spirit? Um, uh, you know, we've heard songs and verses growing up, but what does that look like, you know, the fruit of the Spirit in your life? And then week number five of this series, we're talking about some really interesting questions. One I'll touch on today, but finish up on the last week. What about speaking in tongues? You ever heard that question? You ever wondered about that? What does the Bible say? What about being slain in the Spirit? I don't want to be slain at all. Uh, what does that mean? Is that a thing? Is that anything in the Bible that we should be doing? We'll find out. And then the Bible talks about blaspheming the Holy Spirit, which uh, many call it, and, and the Bible uses some terminology talking about a sin that may be unforgivable. Is that something we've committed? Can we? Are we going to? Should we watch out for that? We'll see about that. So, all right, here's my goal for us tonight. If we can accomplish these three things tonight, We'll be doing good. I want us to understand better this topic of spiritual gifts, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm going to do a lot of explaining. We're going to read a lot of scripture verses. Uh, this is kind of your, from beginning to end, A to Z, spiritual gifts. Where are they in the Bible? What does it say? What are they? And what are mine? So I want us to understand better. I also would like you, as we're learning, and as you're, if you're watching online as well, I want you to start to discern your spiritual gift, by the end of this, you should have a kind of an understanding, and you, you could be saying, I think my spiritual gift is this. I'm going to explain every single one that's mentioned in the Bible, okay? Um, there's a few I, I wish I could just skip, because they're difficult and confusing, and sometimes we don't have a lot of information, right? Uh, but I'm, we're, going to, we're going to go through the passages, what they say, and then I, I also, uh, as a goal for tonight, to so understand better, discern your spiritual gift. I'm going to challenge you to take a step forward to use your gift as a part of your local church family. And we're going to learn why we have gifts, and, and it's something that we're to use. So, so uh, in tonight's kind of overview lesson, we're going to learn about spiritual gifts. Number one, what are they? Number two, what are they not? Number three, why are they? 
Number four, we're going to head into description of gifts in the Bible. And number five, how to determine your own spiritual gift mix. Now, I would ask in this room, how many of you are confident? I know my spiritual gifts. I know what my gift mix is. That's, I'm going to use that term. Tonight. I know kind of what my spiritual gift is. Anybody raise your hand and say, that's me. I know it. Raise it high. Okay. Is anybody here comfortable to say, I'm not quite sure, and I would like to know a little bit better? Raise your hand. All right. Yes. Great. Same thing online. I know that we fall in different categories on that. We're all going to hopefully know more tonight. So you got your Bibles? Listen, this is, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to keep this entertaining a little bit, a little bit fun, because I don't want this to be just your average college lecture, okay? Uh, but this is deep. There's a lot of verses to read, and we have time uh, tonight. So we're going to go through each passage verse by verse. I'm going to read two very important passages first, and then we'll hop in and answer some questions. All right. Go ahead and turn your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to start right there in verse number 1. The Bible says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know, ignorant, sometimes we say, we hear that word, we say that word, it sounds like, ah, oh, that's a bad word, we shouldn't say that, or that's like, ignorant just means without knowledge, right? We don't know. And he's saying, I'm going to explain some things about spiritual gifts because I don't want you to not know about this thing that God has given you. Uh, I, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away under these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts, different kinds, different gifts, but the same Spirit. We, we all learn there's, there's one Holy Spirit. We're all baptized into the family of God by one Spirit. And last week we talked about how that Spirit has given us these gifts, and we're going to learn about these gifts and there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one in the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will." So he says, I don't want you to be ignorant of these. He starts to list, you see kind of the list there. We're going we're gonna to work through that in a little bit. I want you to see the next passage that we get really our, our other list of spiritual gifts in. And then we're going to work through these passages together. Turn in Romans chapter 12. So if you can remember spiritual gifts, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12. All right? 1 Corinthians 12. Romans 12. That's, that's your main passages when the Bible's talking about spiritual 
gifts. Um, we're going to start in verse number 3. Romans 12, verse 3. The Bible says, For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly or seriously, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, speaking about the church, there's many, many people making up that one body of Christ, and all members have not the same office, meaning not everyone has the same job. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. Having then gifts, here we are, spiritual gifts, differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy, according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, and he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. These are long lists, right? We, we're, we're understanding we have a gift. We gotta, let's narrow down what are these things, these spiritual gifts why do we have them? What are they? What are they not? All right, so let's start with what are spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are God-given giftings that are given to every believer to benefit the body of Christ to fulfill the mission and commands of Jesus. That's a summary. Every Christian at the time of salvation gets these gifts, and it's to benefit the body of Christ so that the body of Christ can fulfill its mission that Christ has given it. Uh, these, what, what are they? These spiritual gifts we just read, they are given by God's grace freely when you receive Jesus as your Savior. In Romans 12, 6, uh, you can just reference back there if you should be out there already. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given unto us. The idea is that God has given these gifts. That's where they come from. They're God-given at the time of salvation. Uh, they're given uh, at the time of salvation because that's when you receive the Holy Spirit, these spiritual gifts. And we see that these gifts are given according to God's sovereign will. Back uh, over in 1 Corinthians 12, if you were to read further, the Bible, uh, he talks about these spiritual gifts, but then uh, the Bible says, but now hath God set the members, members of the body, that's you, that's me, he set the members means he put them in place, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. Let me explain. What are they? When you are made part of the family of God, God gives you a supernatural gifting, an ability that you didn't have before for the benefit of the body so that we collectively can fulfill God's mission. You follow me? But the thing is, everyone has a different gift. Uh, you, the Bible says that we're not all the same. We're different members. We're not all having the same office. And God is the one who sets the members in the body as it pleases him. So the spiritual gift that you have, God decided for you to have it. Okay? I, I have certain gifts, and you have certain gifts. And uh, I'm going to get to the end here, but sometimes we're, we're wondering, why, why, why don't I have the gift that this person has? God has set you in the body of Christ exactly the way he wants. The Bible says, as it 
hath pleased him. Whatever your gifting is, once you kind of discern that, just know that God wants you to have that gift for a specific reason. And he gave it to you for that reason. And you ought to use it for that reason, right? Uh, Nobody chooses their gift. God chooses their gift. And we know that all gifts are important. Many members, different roles, different gifts, but one body with one mission. I want you to turn uh, to 1 Corinthians 12. I've got one more longer passage of Scripture, but it is so important. I, I want us to read it and think about it. I want to explain some things as we walk through it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to uh, hop back in in, uh, in verse 14. All right, 1 Corinthians 12, 14. Are you all with me? All right, good. Thank you. I'm glad. It's hard because you're far, far away. It's hard to know if we're, we're all on the same track here. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, uh, sorry, verse 14. For the body is not one member, but many. And it's going to use this illustration of an actual physical body, right? Body parts. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? It's a rhetorical question. No, no. The foot is still part of the body whether it says it is or not. If it says it's the hand. If the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? No. If the whole body were an eye, how weird would that be? No. Where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? You get it? Everything's important here. You can't have a whole body of eyes. Now, now, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? You do not have a complete body if you just have an arm. You do not have a complete body if you just have a hundred arms. You've got to have arms and legs and toes and head and eyes and ears. You follow me? Everyone is important. Verse number 21, and the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be feeble are necessary, are necessary. Uh, the, the parts of the body that you may think you don't have an important part, God says Every person is important. And to be honest, the ones that don't seem to be important are probably the most important. Does that make sense? So your gift, no matter if you think it's a, a shiny gift, uh, an out-in-front-of-people gift, uh, one of these speaking gifts we'll kind of talk about, every gift is important and every person in the body of Christ is important. Let's uh, look back down here. Verse 23. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another." 
there's so much in this passage about this body of Christ. When you were baptized by the Spirit, God put you in this family. And it is such a priority that he's got like a hundred and hundreds of verses here that are telling you what your role is in this body. And it's so important that you, he says you, you have a gift and God gave you that gift. And you have a role and God gave you that role. And don't be jealous of someone else's role. And don't desire someone else's role. God had you right in the role that you should be in. And maybe you say, I'm not in a role. Well, that's why I'm trying to help you. You've got to figure out what your role is, what your part is. What part of the body are you, right? But he says here that there should be no schism. There's, there's no sense of the hand fighting with the ear or fighting with the foot. We all go in the same direction together. We're accomplishing the same mission. There's no division here. Verse number 26, and whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. If you're toe is hurting you're hurting right if your eye is hurting you're hurting if you bit your tongue it hurts your whole body is affected by that that's the idea that's the illustration if one person in this body is hurting and they're not stepped up in their role fulfilling their role or they're dealing with something and it's talking about suffering it affects all of us we are interconnected because of this baptism of the holy spirit because of these gifts and the the placement that god has set us into does it make sense Uh, Verse number 27, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular, and hath God set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, are all apostles, here's these rhetorical questions again, no, Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all miracle workers? No. Have all the gift of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts. And we we will get there. But what are these gifts? These are freely given gifts by God to benefit the body. The Bible says to profit with all. Now let's talk about this real quick before we move on. What What are they not? Spiritual gifts, three things. They are not perceived abilities that you had prior to salvation. Okay? Um, we know that because spiritual gifts come at the moment of salvation. If there's a, a skill, a personality trait, an ability that you had prior to salvation, that's not your spiritual gift. It may be a benefit, something you have, something that's part of who you are and how your makeup is. But you know what? That's not your spiritual gift. Spiritual gift comes at the moment of salvation. It's a, it's a spiritual gifting. It's also not a personality trait. Some people say, oh, that person's outgoing. That must be their spiritual gift. Outgoing is not a spiritual gift, okay? Uh, outgoing is something you can learn. But outgoing, uh, maybe, maybe you're a very perceptive person. Uh, discernment may be a spiritual gift, and we'll get there. But these type of personality traits, those are not spiritual gifts. Now, a spiritual gift may show up later in your personality, and we'll talk about that. Uh, Here's the third thing. A spiritual gift is not a learned skill or natural talent. If you could sing, somebody says, wow, my spiritual gift is singing. Spiritual gift, singing is not a spiritual gift. It's not one that's listed in the Bible. It's not, uh, that's not your spirit. It may be a natural talent. It may be a gift, something you picked up over time, you've learned and practiced. Uh, Playing the xylophone, it's not your spiritual gift. Uh, that's, you may be able to do something incredible, juggle or, or uh, play an instrument or whatever, but that, those aren't spiritual gifts. Just want to be clear about that. Spiritual gifts 
are something that the Holy Spirit gives you at the moment of salvation, all right? Why spiritual gifts? Why? For what reason? I, I just want you to see the verse, and then I want to talk through this. If you're on, in 1 Corinthians, look back up in verse number 7. So we know what they are. We know what they're not, kind of what the reasoning is. But I, I want to tell you, like, why did God give it to you? I just want to, I, I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to see it here from the Bible. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. The Bible says, but the manifestation of the Spirit. That, that part that the Spirit gives you that you can see in your life now, the manifestation is given to every man to profit with all. You have a spiritual gift primarily to benefit the body of Christ. Uh, the word here is profit with all. It means uh, when we bear it together. It means we bring a benefit. Uh, we make it better. You have a function you have a gift, and you have something to offer. Does that make sense? Um, is anyone in here like me, and you just weren't great at, like, sports when you were growing up? Just weren't great? Be honest with me. Join me up here. All right, great. I was not great at sports. I liked to play. I really hated when, like, you'd, you'd have to pick teams, and uh, you get picked last or next to last. You know, you really don't want to be the last one picked. Um, but I, I always felt odd when there were like sports activities. Uh, I even, even coming here to this church, I, I, uh, they would build the stage, right, for Easter. We got this big, beautiful stage. They build it. Um, I don't, what, you put a hammer in my hand, I don't know what to do with it. You're like, what do you do with the hammer? How do you use it? Uh, I just, I, I'm not good at that sort of thing. Uh, one summer I worked concrete, uh, and I remember he actually put a hammer in my hand, and he was telling me how to like, build the forms where the concrete was going to go and he he watched me as I would miss the nail every night I'd, I'd hit it and I'd just miss it and he he took the hammer from me and said you're just going to clean the tools from now on and uh, that feeling of I don't know where I belong is kind of like what it feels like to be in church and not know your spiritual gift you you just don't know your place uh, I I know here when the stage is being built now uh, there's a few jobs I know how to do. I know when it's time to take the legs off the stage, and so I grab my drill, which I bought one so I could fit in, and then uh, I take the screws out because I know that has to happen, and I learned how to take screws out, and I found my place, and there's a sense of confidence that you get when you know your spot. When I was growing up uh, in, in school, with I wanted to be on the football team. I, ca I can't catch a football I, I cannot catch. I cannot throw straight. You throw like a, they call it a lame duck, right? Or a wobble, you know, it's all wobbly when you throw the football. That's me. I'm not great at that. But I learned my spot. I learned my place. I could be a lineman. They taught me how to lift weights and like stop people. And that, I could do that, you know? Um, so when you learn your place, it's going to bring a sense of confidence you've never had in church before. If you, if you say, I just feel off. I don't know you know, I love the mission, I love the goal. That's, that's like saying, I, you know, I know my body is supposed to thrive and live, but I don't know if I'm the hand, and I don't know if I'm the eye, I don't know if I'm the ear. When you know your role and your function, it's amazing how, how that will happen. And the Bible says you're supposed to know your role to profit with all. You have something to bring to the table, and you should bring that to the table to make the body better, to fulfill the mission of Jesus in the world. You, you put in this body, and this body has one mission, 
Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Jesus said, go and uh, make disciples. Go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then teach them to observe whatsoever I have commanded you. Uh, we, we learned recently, as we're trying to craft uh, a clear, concise statement as a mission, to help people find and follow Jesus. You, help, you find people that are lost, you help them meet Jesus and be saved, and you help them follow him for the rest of their life. That's your job, but we do that collectively as a body. And, and some, of, some of you have an ability to care for kids, maybe in the nursery, and there's a spiritual gift that goes along with that role. And some of you have the ability to, uh, maybe you should be up here doing announcements, uh, or you should be uh, preaching or teaching in a class. And, and there are spiritual gifts that God gives us so the whole organization works better uh, to profit with all. You follow me? So if you're on the sidelines and you feel like you're in church and you're getting picked last and you want to know what your role is, we're going to get there, all right? What time is it? Hey, perfect. We have one more hour until Awana lets out. Uh, so here we go. Uh, let's get into the descriptions of gifts in the Bible, all right? Uh, we're in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 through 11. I have some slides prepared to help you track along. And so uh, we're going to look at first these gifts I'm going to call the miraculous gifts or the sign gifts, all right? Can we all just say that together, the miraculous gifts? Miraculous gifts. All right, just trying to wake you up a little bit. Miraculous gifts, sign gifts, are they up on the screen? Uh, I want you to see these here, a list. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There are a few gifts that are here. I'm calling them the sign gifts, and many times that is what they're called, because when Jesus left the earth and he, he went to heaven, the Bible says he like flew up into the air, went back up to heaven, the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, was there like cloven tongues of fire, filled these men. They had a mission to start this thing, this church. Jesus left the apostles to begin the church. And we read in the book of Acts, we read these gifts referenced in the book of Corinthians, that they were some gifts that they clearly had. We can read them. I'm going to show you some examples of them. But they had these gifts, and they're called sign gifts. That's just how we refer to them. They're not called that in the Bible. But the idea is that they were there to validate the fact that the message they were carrying came from God. The fact that the gospel they were preaching was not just some gospel without power. It was a gospel with power that had God's oomph behind it, okay? Uh, whether you call that unction or Holy Spirit power, whatever you want to call it, uh, these sign gifts were held by the apostles and they had these. Uh, I'm going to list them out. You see them uh, in this passage in 1 Corinthians that we already read. There's um, this one of healing. This gift of miracles, that sounds fun, right? This gift of tongues, and then this gift reference called the interpretation of tongues. And, and the verse here says, to, one, to another, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, and they're just listed off. Uh, let me try to bring some definition to these, all right? I'm going to walk through each one and provide you with somewhat of a definition. So let's start with healing. Uh, healing, this spiritual gift, was the ability of men to produce miraculous healings. And this primarily, they belonged to the apostles here in the first century that affirmed their message was from God. And uh, what I'd like to share with you is that we do not believe that this gift is a gift of today, that, that men are still getting this gift of healing. We do believe it's in that category of a sign gift, along with this gift of working of miracles, Right? Um, and the, we do believe, though, that God has the power to heal. Do you, under, do you believe that? 
uh, God is not limited, right? If somebody had the gift of healing, where would you find them? You'd find them at a hospital. You'd find them, um, you know, maybe you'd want them at your house, right? Maybe you have a situation where you could use that person with a, a gift of healing. You've got this other gift that is referenced, the working of miracles, I want to show you a couple examples. The working of miracles gift is another temporary sign gift which involves performing supernatural works. A miracle is one of those things that can only be attributed to God. Nobody else could do it. Uh, God was working clearly through them. In Acts uh, chapter 19, verse 11, we see Paul working miracles. He had this gift. And the Bible says, And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. That's amazing. Somehow there were some handkerchiefs or pieces of cloth that, that came from Paul, and when, when people touched those, diseases departed from them, and evil spirits went out from them. We see this gift uh, was given to Peter by the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Then Peter said, this is this famous passage here. Silver and gold have I none. I don't have any money. But such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. To a person that can't walk, that is a miracle. That's amazing. Peter had that gift. We see this gift also in the book of Acts in the life of Stephen. Acts 6, verse number 8. Acts 6, 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. What were they? I'm not sure. But the Bible attributes miracles to Stephen. Uh, Again, in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 8, verse number 5, we see Philip has this spiritual gift of working miracles. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. They're always preaching, right? Preaching Christ. And the people, with one accord, gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. He did miracles. The Bible says, he, For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame, were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Um, We believe that this book of Acts is somewhat of a transitionary book of the Bible. It was the, there's so many changes that took place. Jesus just left the earth. The, the gospel is just beginning to be preached. And later on in writings and later on in these books of the Bible that were, that were in a later time period, you just don't see these gifts. Uh, and so we believe these are sign gifts. We put those in that category of saying, God gave in the book of Acts these men, these apostles, these gifts, to validate their message. Uh, we also read in the book of Acts about this gift that is, this, that is tongues, or we talk about speaking in tongues, all right? I'm going to hit on this for a second. This is a fun one. One, uh, this, this speaking in tongues, is tongue, it's another one of the temporary sign gifts that was given to these apostles, this early church, to enable the gospel to be preached. But you've got to think the gospel... They had their language. How was the gospel message going to get to people that they, they couldn't speak their language? And what God did is he divinely enabled men to speak in languages that were previously unknown to themselves. They spoke in languages that they did not previously know. 
uh, in the Bible, there's this gift called the interpretation of tongues. And the interpretation of tongues is when a person uh, would, uh, could understand what somebody was saying, even though he didn't know the language, and then he could interpret it for other people so that they could hear the gospel message. So you've got this, they kind of work in combination, the gift of tongues. Uh, and, and we're going to get into that on week five, because when, when they spoke in tongues, they weren't speaking in, a, in a, a prayer language that nobody understood. They were speaking, and people that were not from their area understood it in their own language. Whether that was those men actually speaking in that language or whether it was in the, uh, that God was allowing the people to hear it in their language, God had this miraculous gift, this speaking of tongues, so that the gospel could be preached on the day of Pentecost. And all of those people were saved and added to the church. Uh, that may be a little bit confusing, those sign gifts, but as you go through Scripture, to be honest, and I, I'm telling you this as a, somebody who's, I'm, I've, I've taken time to study this, I've heard about this in college, I've listened to messages about this, and there's just not a lot of information about these sign gifts. Not a lot of information in the Bible. God doesn't give you a whole book of the Bible explaining maybe the gift of tongues or the gift of miracles. Uh, we know Jesus uh, he, the Holy Spirit descended upon him, and he could do whatever in the world he wanted to. He even defeated death, and he had all these gifts. He raised the dead, and uh, he healed people. Uh, I, I don't know if he ever, I don't remember in the Bible anywhere where he actually spoke in a different language, but I'm sure he had the ability to. But God has given these gifts, and they are biblical gifts, but they're biblical gifts that aren't functioning now. And, and that's the best way to understand that. Uh, I want to go into a second category here of gifts. And I'm categorizing them just because they kind of apply a little bit differently. They're easier to be understood if I explain them together. Uh, I'm going to call these gifts the enabling gifts. Got that one? The enabling gifts. These gifts are available for today. I'm going to try to define them according to the scripture. Um... We only know, again, what the Bible says, and it's not all that much. So uh, I will tell you what it is. Here are the enabling gifts. And these gifts are often gifts that enable ministers or teachers to function in the body of Christ. Uh, they are the word of wisdom, which is in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8. Word of knowledge, this spiritual gift of faith. And the spiritual gift of discernment. All right. Uh, let me let me describe these for you. Let's start with the word of wisdom. This is fun. Are you guys enjoying this? Uh, this is this is so interesting to me. Um, word of wisdom. This would because it's called the word of wisdom. It would lean toward saying that this is a speaking gift. It is involved when someone is speaking. It is a word. Of wisdom. Uh, this gift, to the best of my understanding, from what I can see, is that this gift describes someone who can understand and speak forth biblical truth in such a way as to skillfully apply it to life's situations with all discernment. Uh, this, this, it, the ability to uh, speak forth God's biblical truth. Uh, this is one of those ones that is hotly debated. Some will say, God gave me a word. And then they'll say, 
if God gives them a word, that's what that gift is, the word of wisdom. But there's just no scriptural support uh, to say that when God gives you an idea or you have an idea, that that was an idea from God, first of all. Uh, and you especially don't have any supporting evidence to say that that was a word of wisdom. Uh, there's just nothing else to describe this uh, word of wisdom. But it is a word of wisdom. Let's keep it simple here, okay? Uh, wisdom is uh, living skillfully according to God's biblical truth, right? It is the ability to speak that biblical truth in a wise way, to apply it skillfully to life. Uh, that's how I'll define it tonight. Uh, the word of knowledge. Let's move on to that. This is a gift described as understanding truth with an insight that only comes by revelation of God. Now, I know in the Psalms, there's a, there's a verse that says, God, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law, right? Uh, we call that illumination. Holy Spirit, and, and we know Jesus said he's going to teach us all things and bring to remembrance the things that, that Jesus taught us. Holy Spirit, help me to understand. A word of knowledge. Have you not heard pastors, preachers, uh, ministers that have an ability to just know, they have a knowledge that just they understand deep spiritual truths better than the average. You, you follow me? That is an asset to the body of Christ. We understand all of these gifts were made to be, to profit the body as a whole. So this word of knowledge, it's a speaking gift, the ability to understand the deep things of God and the mysteries of his word, that word of knowledge. Um, Many times this will also be skewed like that word of wisdom. Somebody may have in your past come up to you and said, God told me what to tell you, and you need to, and then they tell you what to do. There is no supporting scriptural evidence that God told that person what to tell you. You understand? And there's no evidence that says, when someone comes up to you and says, God told them something, it's true. <laughs> you know, there's just not in there. So we don't know what this word of knowledge is outside of the, the very phrase, word of knowledge. So we, we be wise. We're, we, we're not going to preach entire messages about it. We're not going to uh, tell people to pray for that word of knowledge, pray for that word. It's just not, we're not ever told to do that. So we, we don't emphasize that, but it is something um, that if you just take it at face value, a speaking gift, the ability to have a knowledge of understanding of God's word. All right, let's move on to faith. Uh, the spiritual gift of faith. Listen, this is not to be confused with the faith that we can all exercise, right? Faith and trust in God. But there are some people that the Holy Spirit has gifted them with this unshakable confidence in God, his word, his promises, and the power of prayer to affect real change. Listen, there are people you know that they just have a confidence that maybe you don't have. We need those people in the body of Christ. And maybe God has gifted you, you know, um, there's a verse that says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Some of us, we doubt that verse. Really? All my needs are going to get met? I'm so worried about what I'm going to have. Am I going to have everything I need? But there are some of you in here, maybe, maybe this is a a gift of faith. Um, uh, many times people have gift of faith to lead other people to attempt great things for God. Say, God will provide. God will make a way. And we're going to go forward with this way. 
so that is a spiritual gifting. It's a supernatural ability uh, to, to have that confidence in God's word and his promises. Then uh, this uh, discernment uh, is mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, verse number 10. It says, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits is another way to say that. This is interesting, this ability to discern. It's, it's like the word decide. It's the ability to make judgments, wise judgments. But it's really the ju- ability to make judgments of, is this God speaking or is this the enemy speaking? Is this, is this deceitful? Um, it's a unique ability to determine the true message of God from that of the deceiver, Satan. Satan is the father of lies. Jesus said that many would come in his name and would deceive many. This gift of discerning spirits is given to the church to protect it. The Bible talks about uh, wolves in sheep's clothing, right? Uh, You've got the good shepherd and then you've got this hireling. Somebody with that discerning of spirits, that gift, is able to tell. uh, And and sometimes, I mean, that's that's such a strong and helpful gift and we need that. We've got to watch for error. We've got to watch for deceit. We've got to watch. We need people in the church that can tell the truth from a lie right? Um, there are so many lies out there now that are just masqueraded as it's normal. So many lies, and that's another message, but I have to get through these gifts. Um, so many lies. We need to be discerning as Christians, but some of you may have that discernment gift. You're discerning of spirits, teachers, false teachers, um, just ideas that may infiltrate the church. All right, let's move on to this last section of uh, gifts. I call them team gifts or ministry gifts. Team or ministry gifts. There are some spiritual gifts in the Bible that are like, okay, I can wrap my head around that. This is that category, okay? These are the spiritual gifts that we see evidently, clearly taking place and functioning in the church today. These team gifts. These are the ones where you can kind of wrap yourself around and say, that's mine, and I know it for sure. Uh, That's why this is so, this this part is very practical. Um, The other one, there's just some information that we don't have. And sometimes it's okay to say, we don't have any more information about it in the Bible. We just know what God said, and that's all he said. And uh, for whatever reason, that's all he said, right? Uh, So team ministry gifts. Let's look in Romans chapter 12. Uh, Romans chapter 12, this is in our section, verses 3 through 8. Those gifts, you can go ahead and put that slide up. I have two slides. There's a lot of information here. We've got evangelism, prophecy, teaching, exhortation, shepherding or pastoring. And I'm going to get into a couple of those that are very interesting. Serving, mercy showing, giving, and administration. Let's start with evangelism. Now, There's two in this list that you may say, that's not a spiritual gift. Don't put it on the list. In one passage of Scripture, Ephesians 4.11, the Bible talks about Christ who ascended, and he gave gifts to the church. He gave gifts to the church, and it defines uh, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. It names these roles, these people. So this, some people say, that's not a spiritual gift. That's a person that God has given to the church. But that person is uniquely enabled. It is a unique gifting. So that's why I want to talk about it, just so you know 
that there are people that have this gifting, uh, evangelism, or passionately leading others to the saving knowledge of Christ. That's how we'll define that. We find that listed in Ephesians 4.11, these people, these gifts given to the church, but uh, it's debated. Is this a gift or is this a role, like a function, like a title, like a pastor? Here's what you need to know about this. Every Christian has the command to evangelize. You get it? You cannot say, watching at home, listen, you cannot say, I am not an evangelist, so I don't do that. No, 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 no. God has told every believer to go and to be a preacher. Everyone is a preacher. Everyone's not a pastor. You may not be a teacher. You may not fulfill the role of an evangelist, but you should be evangelistic. You should evangelize. You should always be sharing the gospel. It's a command to every believer. But God has gifted and given certain people to the church to be an evangelist. There are people that are gifted and they're a blessing. Sometimes there's there are people in the church that that is their gifting. They are evangelists. God has gifted them with that ability to share the gospel and see people saved. There are people that God has gifted. You, you've heard of evangelists that travel. They're the gift to the church at large. They, they can go and stir up a church to evangelize the lost. That is a gift and that is a, a biblical concept that you need to know about. Um, and, and God calls people from the seats, listening, watching online. And you may be saying, what? Maybe God, maybe that's me. Maybe God would have me to be an evangelist. Or we might get to the, the pastoral uh, gift here soon. Let's move on to prophecy. Prophecy. Prophecy is boldly and fearlessly proclaiming God's truth. That's, the, that's what that gift is. That's what you do if you have that gift. Uh, the Greek word here, this prophecy, when you think of prophecy, sometimes you think of like Old Testament prophecy, like I am telling the future, like get my magic eight ball out, let's look in the glass thing or whatever. It's not telling the future. It's not like God told me what's going to happen to you and you better, it's not like that. It's not Harry Potter stuff. It's not nothing weird like that. This gift of prophecy as the word is, it is a speaking forth. It is not a for telling, which would be telling the future. It is a forth telling, right? Uh, it is the proclaiming of God's word. To prophesy, or this gift of prophecy, is someone that has the ability to declare God's will, to declare what this book has to say. They can say it, they can interpret it, what God's will is, they can make it known uh, so that it can influence people to follow it. That is a gift, a spiritual gift that God has given certain people. Uh, people that can boldly declare God's word to God's people. Do you know anybody that has that gift? I would say that is one of Pastor Tony's spiritual gifts. And you know other pastors and preachers and uh, people that are in your life, maybe people you look up to, they have that gift. We, we, we attach to those people and say, he can say it in a way that I can't say it, but I'm following and I agree with that. God has that set up in his church for a purpose and a reason. This gift of prophecy, boldly fearlessly proclaiming God's truth. I, I want to move on to teaching. The spiritual gift of teaching is making clear the truth of God's word with simplicity and accuracy. Now, you'll be the judge if I have this one tonight, <laughs> but uh, to be honest, you, there are some people that when, and maybe you say this, you try to explain something and it, you just confuse people and it doesn't make any sense at all. 
But there are some people, when they explain God's truth, it's just like, that makes sense to me. I understand it now. Those people have the spiritual gift of teaching. Teachers, sometimes you have a pastor with a, that's more of a teaching pastor, right? They have a, more of a gift of teaching rather than that gift of prophecy. Sometimes you have a Sunday school teacher or a, a life group leader or a nursery person. Uh, you can be anybody in the body of Christ with this gift of teaching, but it may be used in a different role. It's that gift that involves analysis and proclamation of the Word of God, explaining the meaning, explaining the context, and the application to our lives. The gifted teacher is the one who has the unique ability to clearly instruct and communicate knowledge. Uh, Specifically, we're talking about communicating the doctrines of our faith, what we believe. Do you have the ability to clearly explain to somebody else? Maybe you're the one that your friends come to and say, what is that thing about the Bible? I don't understand it. Can you tell me that again? You may have that spiritual gift of teaching. If you do, you got to figure out where does that fit in the body. All right? I love these ones because they're, they're so practical. Uh, they, they make sense. Uh, let's move on to this gift of exhortation. Exhortation, uh, Romans 12, 18, um, uh, motivating others to action, application, and purpose. This gift uh, is also called uh, encouragement. You've maybe heard that before. The spiritual gift of encouragement. Uh, that's what that word exhortation means. It, it is the gift uh, that is evident in those who consistently call upon others to heed and follow God's truth. It may involve correction or building up others by strengthening weak faith or comforting in trials. The gift of exhortation is the cheerleader gift, okay? It is the one, if you've ever been discouraged and wanted to quit, and somebody in, the, in, the, in your church family came to you and, and said, trust God, don't quit, God can provide for you, or somebody came alongside of you and helped you, that at coming alongside of, that is a person with a gift of exhortation. They just encourage you to do more, to do better. If you're unengaged, they encourage you to get engaged. If you're wanting to quit, they encourage you to keep going. That's the gift of exhortation. And as you start to hear these, you can kind of think of people you know. They have that gift. That's their thing. They, they're encouragers. They're helpful. They're, they're just great. Um, uh, you see in here? There's uh, someone in our life group. Is Rob in here? Rob's not in here. We love this. We have our life group, and we, we can already start to see the functions of different people in a small group of God's people, um, but we've, we jokingly say, this Rob the encourager, and Rob, if you're watching, thank you for encouraging us, but it's like somebody will be discouraged, and Rob steps in and says, and he starts sharing God's promises, and he starts sharing, hey, I, I've been through this, and this is how God helped me. That is the gift of exhortation, if I've ever seen it. That is what that means, to encourage someone uh, to follow more closely, to follow God's truth. The gift of exhortation. Uh, Motivating others to action, application, and purpose. Uh, Let's look at this other one here. It's kind of like the evangelist, this shepherding or pastoring gift. It's found in Ephesians 4.11 is where we see it. But this is the overseeing, training, feeding, coaching, leading gift. Okay? There are some people. Listen, everybody starts off as a, a little baby, right? And they grow up and they attend church. And then God calls them to pastor. And I say this because so many times we just get caught in this this mode of, I am just a church member. I'm just a church attender. 
You are part of the body. Change your language. Change the way you think about it. I am an active participating part. And sometimes God gifts the active participating parts with this desire. If any man desire the office of a bishop, he desires a good thing. God gifts you and he gives you this desire to shepherd people, to feed them, to coach them, to lead them. Many of our life group leaders even may have this gifting but function in a different way. Uh, this shepherding or pastoring. So I want to say that sometimes we speak of it as a gifting. Sometimes we speak of it as a person, a role in the church. And it definitely is a role in the church. And there's some very clear guidelines according to the scripture for that. Um, but this is like the evangelist. And God gifts and equips certain men to pastor. But God equips certain people to shepherd and care for the body of Christ. And that is an important gift that you may have. Uh, I want to move on to serving. Serving. This is great. Uh, serving. Providing practical help, both physically and spiritually. If you have that gift, that is what God has enabled you to do. It's from the same uh, uh, Greek root word that we get our word deacon from. Uh, deacon. Many, many times, if you're not familiar with church, you come and you say, deacons. What are deacons? They must be in charge, right? Uh, you know? No, no, deacon is the word means servant. Uh, deacons, you know, Jesus, he always changes things around. The one that's greatest is the one that serves. Uh, the one that's lowest is, the high, you know, the highest. Uh, deacon is, is a, a very important role in the church. It's in one of the only two offices of the church, but it means a servant. And this, this gift that's listed here, some of you have this gift of service. Uh, or in, in one passage of the Bible, it says the gift of ministering. This gift is the one that says... Don't put me out front, but they always come and say, Pastor, whatever I could do to help, I'll help. Can I set something up? Can I fix something? Can I, what, how can I be of service? God has gifted people. That, that is a gift, and it's so valuable. If the church was only Pastor Tony preaching, and there were no serving people, it wouldn't work. Does that make sense? And if it was all Pastor Tony preaching, let's go, 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 and there was a lot of people that said, let's do, let's do, let's do, we would all burn out because there wouldn't be those people that were exhorting and saying, keep going, keep going, right? Take a break when you need to. Uh, find peace in God, you know, all these things. So all of these gifts are important. God puts you in the role for a specific purpose. So this serving gift, maybe you say, I am not an encourager, but God has given me that gift of ministering, of serving uh, it's also known as the gift of helps. It's, it, the word helps is just mentioned in one other passage. But it is that role that says, hey, I will help however needed. And that is a gift to the church. Uh, there's this other gift here of mercy. The gift of mercy. Am I going in order? Yeah, good. Uh, that is showing or I, uh, uh, mercy showing. That means identifying with and comforting those in need. This is similar to the gift of encouragement or exhortation but it's different. This is obvious in those that are compassionate toward others who are in distress. People that have a God-given gift to show sympathy and sensitivity coupled with a desire and the resources to lessen that suffering in a kind and cheerful manner. That's the best definition I could find there of this gift of mercy showing. The idea is you hurt when other people hurt. Some of you, uh, you may be the uh, exhortation administration 
gift. And we're going to get to administration. But you don't have that, that mercy gift. When somebody's hurt, you say, brush it off and get going, buddy. And you're like, you don't really care. Like, you just don't feel when people feel. You, you notice they're hurt and you're just a, let's fix the problem. But there are some people that when you see somebody in need, it, it, it affects you on the inside. You cry about that. You care about that. And you look for a way to alleviate that difficulty. That is the mercy showing gift. You care deeply when others are hurting or suffering and you help them. Uh, and we have some people in our church I know that are that gifting and maybe you recognize that's you. You know, you may not be a teacher. You say, that's not my gift. You may not say, I'm not really uh, uh, encouraging people not to quit or I'm not encouraging people to follow God more closely. But you know what? When somebody's hurting, I go spend time with them and I just care with them. I care for them. That may be your gift, and you've got to figure out a way to use that gift to benefit the body. Make sure you're using that. All right, let's move on to giving, the gift of giving. Uh, this spiritual gift is, uh, th that means you are releasing material resources to further the work of the church, uh, this is the body of Christ, okay? Uh, these spiritually gifted givers are those who joyfully share what they have with others whether it's financial, material, or the giving of personal time and attention. Uh, givers have this spiritual gift. I've seen it some as an awareness. They just, God has given them many times the resources, many, maybe it's the skills, and God has gifted them to, to see, just see the need, and they just can make it, they can fix it, they can help, they can alleviate the need. Um, and we see that in so many different areas in the church. Uh, I've watched people uh, pay other people's bills. I've watched people give people cars. I've watched people do work at people's houses. And they're just givers. They just give. Many times uh, that's in, uh, I've seen givers, and I think this could definitely fit in here, when you uh, provide meals for people that just had babies or you, uh, there's somebody in the hospital and you're, you're giving and you're just, hey, I'll give up my time for them. I'll give up my whatever I have for them. There are people that that is your thing, and God has supernaturally gifted you with that, and he pricks your heart about that. When you are walking in the Spirit, you're filling your gift of giving. Now, here's the thing about that one. It's kind of like that evangelism gift. You can't say, listen, I am not gifted in giving, and so I just don't give. I'm not a giver. We'll let somebody else be a giver. Uh, all Christians are generous because God is generous. We are all givers because God is a giver, and we are like him, and we follow Christ. Um, but there are certain people within the body to benefit the body and the mission we have that God gifts to give, and that person should exercise their gift. All right, let's move on to the gift of administration. Hey, we're moving strong at one hour. Are you guys okay? You, we're getting really close. Are you guys, everyone okay, seriously? We're going to wrap this up in about... 10 minutes. All right? We'll wrap it up in about 10 minutes. The last gift in this, uh, this ministering uh, gifts here is the gift of administration. This is the organizing, administering, promoting, leading gift. The gifted administrator, or in, in one passage about what's called ruling, let them rule well. Uh, the gift of ruling or administration, or some may call it the gift of leadership. Uh, the gifted administrator is one who rules or presides over or has management of other people in the church. And the idea is, if God's 
big team here, big family has a mission to do, somebody's got to get the team together and say, this is how we're going to do it, right? You got the prophecy guy, and he says, this is what God's called us to do, and you've got somebody with the gift of faith encouraging in the background saying, yeah, we can do this. God's going to provide. This is going to work out. And you've got the exhortation guy talking to the one that wants to quit saying, man, this is going to be awesome. Uh, we're we're going to do this, and keep up. Let's go. We're all in this together. And then you've got this administrator that says, all right, enough with all the feel goods, and this is how we're going to do it. You know, you have this administrator thing. Um, that's a lot of what I do here at church, honestly. I, this is uh, part of the thing. I, I, this word, this ministry, it has the idea of helping to steer. Uh, one with the gift of leadership, administration, exhibits the fruit of the Spirit in his life as he leads by example. But the idea is maybe you aren't up in front all the time. Maybe you're not a mercy shower, but maybe God has, you find yourself being the one that everybody asks to plan parties. Uh, you know, I had a friend when I was working at Verizon Wireless, uh, he told me one day, because I, I truly believe to some degree God has gifted me in this gift of evangelism, this ability to talk with people. I think that's a gifting that God has given me. Um, and you, you know yours, and I hope you get to the point where you can confidently say, I believe my gift is this, you know. Uh, I remember when I was working at Verizon, I was selling cell phones. What a meaningful thing, Right. But my, uh, my friend told me, he said, you're cheating because you're using your spiritual gift to sell. And it, it made me think like, man, well, I could probably use this gift in a better way. <laughs> and that was one of the things. It's like, yes, you're gifted, but maybe it's showing up in some way of your life. If you're an administrator, maybe you just find yourself when no one takes the lead and knows how to get something done. You just find yourself always the one hey, we need to do this, we need to do this, we need to do this. That is a gift of administration. Not everybody has that gift, and God has specifically given people that gift in the church to be used in the church. Does that make sense? All right, uh, so I, I do uh, want to, uh, I told you i give you 10 minutes, so that means I got six more minutes left. What's my next slide there, Richard? Let me see what I got. Richard, can you show me my next slide? Hey, good. Okay, we're going to get here. Uh, how do you know what your spiritual gift is? Before we get there, Richard, you can clear the screen because I want to cover one more thing. Uh, turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians 12. I have to highlight the last three verses of 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 29 he starts asking these questions. Are all apostles, are all of you prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? You know, we went through those gifts. Then he says, but covet or desire earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. Before you start to desire a gift, and you say, I really wish I had that, just remember, we're all part of the same body. But he goes in, there's a whole chapter of the Bible that you, need, you should go read after this. Because after the Apostle Paul explains these gifts to a church that seemingly had them, their priorities out of whack, he said the gift that you should desire, is, which is a, given to you by the Spirit of God, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit, it's also a spiritual gifting, is this gift of love. If you can speak great, you can administer great, if you can exhort great, whatever you can do, if you do it without love, 
it's worthless. So in, in all of these things, as you, as you keep in mind, like we have this gift, he gets to the end and says, covet the best gift. And there's a whole chapter devoted to the fact that we're to love as God loved. And without that best gift, that genuine care and sacrifice for one another, uh, it, it really doesn't matter. But let me wrap it up. How to determine your own spiritual gift mix. You say, all right, I kind of understand these a little bit better. What am I going to do? How do I feel, uh, fulfill this? Number one, what you need to do is to follow the Holy Spirit's leading or walk in the Spirit. I don't know how to do that. Come next week. Come next week. The Holy Spirit, as you follow Him, as it reminds you of God's Word, as you follow God's will for your life, you will naturally most times fall into your gifting. He's gifted you, He's equipping you, and He's leading you to use your gift in the church, okay? So it's probably going to fall pretty naturally, but that's something we'll talk about that next week. Uh, he'll show you what to do, when to do it. He'll lead you into your gift. Number two, ask a spiritual leader that's close to you. Uh, you're welcome. If I know you well, ask me. I, I, I like that often. I say, I think your spiritual gift is this. Uh, oftentimes, you maybe uh, are exercising it already where you're at. You just don't, can't pinpoint what to call it. Ask Pastor Tony. Ask a life group leader if you have one or a class that you're in. Ask somebody close to you. They may uh, say, oh, I know, based upon this list, you are definitely an encourager. Or they may say, listen, you have no mercy. That's definitely not your gift, right? Maybe you need to start by eliminating the gifts that you know aren't yours. And uh, that'll be helpful. Uh, but ask, ask a spiritual leader. And then number three, take a spiritual gifts test. Take a spiritual gifts test. And you say, oh, that'd be so cool if we could take a spiritual gifts test tonight. Well, how do you do? You can. And um, if you have a smartphone, some of you looked at me. Pastor Chris, you just excluded me. I have a paper one that I can print for you and get if you don't have a smartphone. But if you have a smartphone and you want to stick around, if you're watching online, you ever watch this in the future and you want to uh, access a spiritual gifts test, you can t open up your phone right now. You get out a text message. And to that number, 614-385-1888, put that in there and just text the word GIFT. And uh, it's uh, set up so that it'll shoot you back a link. It's just an online 35 questions. It is Spiritual gifts tests are just a guide. They ask you questions and you say like, yeah, that's totally me or that's not me. And it's just this thing that helps you discern. It's by no means uh, anything that they downloaded from the Bible, but it is helpful to help you understand. It's, it, it's set up by uh, some spiritual people that were, were trying to help the church discover their gifts. So, so take a spiritual gifts test. Um, hey, right on time. Hey, I want to thank you all for joining here tonight. If you have questions afterwards and you're here, I'd be glad to answer. If you have questions online about anything, maybe it's something I can follow up with in week five as I answer some questions. But um, like we said, goals for tonight. Understand spiritual gifts better. Discern what your spiritual gift is. But take a step forward to use your gift. If you, you say, I'm pinpointing this. I think I know what it is. Well, I'd love to meet with you. Pastor Tony would love to help you. Any, any, any leader in this church would love to help you exercise that gift. It's for the benefit of the body, to profit with all. It's, it's for the benefit of everybody here uh, so that we can fulfill what God wants us to do.